Hello, this is Andy Belanger. I'm working on uh, Southern Cross for Image Comics, and this is 11 o'clock comics. <laughs> Is it? I think so. Well done. Thank you. Ah, I guess there's big doings with Image this week, huh? I guess so. Not as big as we would want them to be, <laughs> but... It's a hell of a way to start it off. I am I am so <laughs> irrational when it comes to Spawn. You really are. I think you are one of the only people that cares other than Todd. So. I'm so... I don't, I don't think Todd cares. I think it's not... That's the problem. And I, I mean, we can get him on the show, and I'll, I'll tell him that. But I don't, I don't, I don't think that he. It's, it's. I wonder if it's just like if. if I think he's trying now. It's just like I yeah. still got to put this out and just and, and it, that's that's the sense I'm getting. What was I saying? At this point, Todd has the money to just get almost anybody to work on Spot. Should he decide to pay? I mean, that stuff is going to buy anybody's talent. Get somebody real good. And let them do whatever the hell they want. What do you care? You obviously don't, so just pay the money, get the book back on track, boom, problem solved. But I don't know, I don't understand why we have to go through all this rigmarole to get a, a damn book out. Why? Only you and Todd know. It should be top ten. It should have uh. never dropped from top ten. <laughs> I know, I'm telling you, I'm very irrational when it comes to Spawn. I don't know so why. So adorable. Yeah, adorbs. Totes adorbs. Totes adorbs. <laughs> Obvi adorbs. <laughs> oh, ka-chunk. Hey, everybody. 11 o'clock comics. Guess what? Episode 350. Damn. Wow. 300. I know. 350 weeks of uninterrupted podcasting mediocrity. And we thank you for being here. Some weeks are mediocre than <laughs> others. But yeah. You are Vince B. I'm sorry. I mean, to step on you with that introduction, that awesome Introduction, mm-hmm. building us up, letting everybody know that be prepared for another 350 episodes of mediocrity. I'm David A. Price. And speaking of mediocre, I'm Keenan Ivory Wayans. Oh. <laughs> I love Keenan. Me too. He nailed Fat Albert. You oh. think Fat Albert? <laughs> you're working, that you're, that's, that's, that, that's, that's, I know, dude. <laughs> dude, I just, <laughs> I'm not going there. I'm so going there. <laughs> Dude, it's, no, it's, it's kind of wrong to make a fat Albert joke with, with everything going on around with the cause and all. No, Keenan Wayne, um, Keenan Thompson did fat Albert. Yeah, Keenan Thompson. Whole, that makes more sense. Yeah, that's the right. whole joke. That's where, that's where he was uh, going. But no, you're not Keenan Thompson. Nor Keenan Ivory You're Jason Wood. What up? Coming at you from the <laughs> echo chamber. That's right. You know where you can get fat discounts <laughs> at an echo chamber. In an echo chamber next to Discount Comic Book Service, DCB Service, big doings this week. We we crossed our fingers, we prayed to the comic book gods, and what do you know? It came true. Our wishes came true. Let me just preface this with a couple of specials first. From Dynamite, it's the pages of Project Superpowers all over again. Black Cross, number one, by Warren Ellis. And Colton Worley, I guess they're going to try the power Project Superpowers thing again, rightly so, because I, there was a lot to enjoy with those books, Jason. Uh, cover price, it's a dynamite book, so it's $3.99. Your price, $1.99. From Dark Horse, written by Mike Mignola, 
Art by Ben Stenbeck, the man from uh, Baltimore. This is called Frankenstein Underground. It's a five-issue miniseries, the first issue of which you can get for 50% off. The uh, preface is, the Frankenstein creature is alone, abandoned, and wandering underground, where he will discover other strange creatures and dark secrets to the universe. That's neat. Cover price three fifty. You get it for a buck seventy-five, and this is a big deal, ladies and gentlemen. If you're not a DCBS customer, you probably will be after I uh, go through the roll call here. The Secret Wars Battle World box set slipcase is a hefty product, both in uh, weight and cost. The retail on this puppy is five hundred dollars because. You get uh, how many hardcovers in this thing? Eleven. Yeah. Eleven hardcovers. Yeah, because um, Secret Wars Two is three, four premier hard, four premier hardcovers. Yes, you get uh, Secret Wars uh, Two: Battle World and Back hardcover. You get Secret Wars premier hardcover, Thing Battle World premier hardcover, Secret Wars Two Volume One to Four premier hardcovers, the Marvel Secret. Marvel Superhero Secret Wars Aftermath premiere hardcover, Secret War, that's the Bendis yeah. thing, uh, Beyond the Secret Wars hardcover, Marvel Superhero Secret Wars Behind the Scenes premiere hardcover, and a damn poster. Now that, that Beyond wasn't initially called that, because that's that miniseries that, uh, Collins drew, that Dwayne McDuffie wrote, where Gravity was in it and, and, that's the beyond. That I, I thought that that's what that is. I thought um, Secret War is the Bendis. That the, yes, the, that is. Yeah, but the Beyond is the one that McDuffie wrote, right? Isn't that it? That was that was. Um, I don't know. Maybe that's Beyond the I Secret think, War, right? Which, which is why I'm thinking that that's. Yeah. There's a, which would be awesome because um, Scott Collins drew it. Yeah, McDuffie wrote it. Yes. That's why it'd be awesome. But it's. Uh, I was looking at the contents. I know we're straying off the. That's all right. But um, so. To Battle World and Back is the previous and is the pre and post issues for the, for the heroes that were in Secret War. So it's like amazing 251 and 252 just because you get everybody's final panel before Secret War starts and then the splash page where everybody comes home. Um, the four volumes of Secret Wars 2 is because it includes all the tie-ins. That's nuts. Isn't uh, it? <laughs> I, and I, I mean, and I get it, you know, because it's Battle World, so okay, we're collecting those issues of the thing, uh, and good for Ron Wilson for for getting royalties. And you have, um, and and Secret War is the only thing is it, kind of the odd duck out for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, needless to say, it's a comprehensive look yes. at the whole Secret Wars phenomenon. Both series, all the tie-ins, everything, yeah. even the stuff that came later. You're going to need a forklift or a very sturdy hand truck to get this in your home. Cover price, like I said, $500. Amazon is selling this thing for $400. There it is. There it is. There's that sound. I don't know what to tell you. Do you know what you can Are you shifting? Do yeah. Do you know I what just, you can I get? Just up. Yeah, that's uh, okay. what it was. Mm. Do you know what you can get this for at DCBS? Two fifty. Two hundred and fifty dollars. Fifty percent off. You are never, ever gonna find this cheaper anywhere else. I am cashing in every favor I have. 
It's a lot of paper you're asking, right? I, I, I absolutely am. I'm worth wow. it, but you're worth every penny and more. Now, I don't. I don't know if you're going to incur extra shipping charges with this. I don't know. I would assume that it would be um, covered under the flat rate that we all enjoy at DCBS based on your shipping methods. But if not, you gotta you gotta play fair with this. It's a heavy damn product. So the jury's still out on that. But two hundred and fifty dollars. That's insane. It's a dream come true and you can only get that at discount comic book service. DCBservice.com. How good oh, how good are the Merklers? Amazing. I can't believe you it. You should only get that from discount comic book service. Yeah, you really well, should. You'd be dumb if you got it anywhere else. Is, hey, I'm going to get mine from Amazon and pay $150 more. Do it up, son. Shit. Shit. So funny as shit. Yeah, but I have, yeah, but I have time, so what? We don't care. Hey, uh, before we jump into this, let's also remind people that next week is the 11 O'Claskers. Yes, it is. I think you just reminded Vince. You that, did. That's, that's really who I'm, that's really why I brought it up. Yes. That's like, oh, shit. We can't really remind, I mean, we can remind everybody that that's the episode that's coming out next week. It's not like we can remind everybody to make sure they get their votes in. Yeah, and, well, they can vote. They just, I'm just not going to tally them. <laughs> right, right. So we're, we, we will have a thread. We'll, we'll, we'll take the, um, the, uh, the, the categories. We'll, we'll, we'll post a thread and, and people can, um, participate in unofficially, but yeah, well, and, and, you know, for the most part, Props to, to the listeners because everybody seems to be extremely understanding and, and cool with us just flying solo this year and, and making an exception. So I, I, I thank them. Well, I think it was the, uh, the money back guarantee that you gave them. Has to be. Had to be. Wait, there was money being? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I really don't think they have a choice, right? Absolutely. Uh, end of the day, I know people like that expression. <laughs> You can play, you can, you're welcome to play along. Next, next year we'll be back on track. We'll find a system or Jason will find a system that works, works well. It's easier for him. It facilitates everything he wants. We'll find that and we'll be back. Better better than ever. Yeah. 52 more mediocre episodes until y'all can have your votes heard. It's true. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm going to be the one to close the door and shut off the lights. Not in that order because that's pretty impossible, (laughs) but, uh, I'll be the last one out of here. (laughs) All right. That's the way it works. I would hope that we, when we finally retire, it'll be because one of us either dies or, or we, all, we all stick about together. I don't know. Can you, can you imagine doing this in like 10 years? Yeah. I can. I, cause I'm having fun. Yeah. Why not? I mean, why, why wouldn't yeah. we? It, it doesn't take any effort really. Until you, <laughs> until you decide to be a diva again and we have a. Thank a, you. No, see, that's revisionist I think, history. I, don't think, I, I think you, you better consult the sources on yes, that. Let's, find let's out the consult truth. the sources and read. Yes. Yeah, let's do that. Let's, uh-huh. that was those who, who I don't want to talk about Marvel anymore. We <laughs> but dudes, the Secret War slipcase. So I don't remember sounding like Shirley Temple when I said it. <laughs> you that's, how most, that's how everybody pictured you though when they heard the truth. <laughs> you stop your feet. The uh those who those who study history are destined to repeat it, and I think Vince has learned, so he is studying history and he knows not to pull that shit again. <laughs> oh, nice. On a happy note, what are y'all drinking? Yeah, I'm drinking Yingling. Are you? Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Yes. Still, damn, you mad, dude, it's been over a week. I, a case lasts me like two months. Oh, God. Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah, no, I am too. But I was thinking of you guys this weekend because, um, Renee picked up a, uh, a case of Heineken Light. Heinies. Nice. Renee has always liked the Heine. Well, I like Renee's Heine. Who doesn't? Thank you. What are you drinking, Jason? 
<laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> Before Vince starts thinking about Beth Heine. <laughs> Stop. I'm thinking, of, I'm thinking about Beth Heine uh, bumping up against Renee's Heine. That's what I'm, I'm thinking about. I'm and a pickle. <laughs> <laughs> a gherkin, maybe. Big gherkin, big pimply gherkin. Oh, pimply. oh boy. <laughs> on, that, on that pleasant note. <laughs> yes, I am drinking diet. <laughs> Diet Pepe, not Pepe Mac, but Diet Pepe. Oh Jesus! Wow. <laughs> well, I'm in my hotel room, and I don't have any unless I want to pull out a like eighteen dollar can of beer from the mini fridge. <laughs> I'm just drinking diet soda. That is ridiculous. Yeah. I hate those things. Yep. Dude, there's a bottle of water in here, and it's twelve dollars if I drink this bottle of water. Twelve. Wow. That's nuts. It's they got gotcha. you. It's absurd. Yep. But how about you, DAP? Uh, well, this is kind of, um, maybe, maybe some foreshadowing if we get to talk about it tonight, but I am drinking a Cabernet Sauvignon from California and the vineyard is the original Dark Horse. Uh, and they're off. That sounds good. Yes, the horses are off. Yeah. Now, what is that? Is that a, obviously it's a red because I've rarely encountered you drinking the white. Yeah. Unless I'm on a headache, I'm not going to drink the white. Uh, this, this is a red, it's a Cabernet Sauvignon and it is, um, it apparently, according to Joey, Joey N on, um, Joey on our, on our forums and on, uh, Captain, uh, DS9 on, on, um, I think I just screwed up his Twitter handle, but he, uh, he told me that it used to be exclusive to Trader Joe's, which is why I never drank it. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the contract ran out and now other places were able to get it. So, uh, I will sip on it tonight and, and decide if, uh, if it's a keeper. It, it is, it is an inexpensive bottle. So I, uh, which I tend to be drawn to when I want to try something. So, and, and I had their red blend over the weekend, which was good. So I figured I'd save the Cabernet for the episode. Ah, cool. Well, let's start talking about the comics because I, I read a ton of stuff. You did. You did. Do we want to, we want to talk at all about the Image Expo news or is that, uh, best? No, that's cool. No, we don't. I mean, I know you're upset about the the, the Spawn movies, but I, I'm I'm not upset. I'm more baffled than upset. Mm -hmm. There were a lot of series announced. Yeah, and, and and but there's nothing really that. I mean, they're all great, uh, or have the potential to be great, and I will be buying them all. But there's nothing that really stands up and says, "Hey, you know, this is this is an exceptional team working on this." Am I wrong? Like. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I don't agree with that at all. Uh, well, well, what did you think? I thought it was, I mean, I think they always do a great, great job announcing their new books, but I thought this lineup looked incredible. Uh, I mean, maybe, go ahead. No, maybe it's some of the pairings that I'm just not getting. Mm -hmm. Because the, like the, the Brian K. Vaughn sounds good on the one end, but like the, the people that, the, the artists that he's working with on the other, it, it's, it's just, it's an atypical, um, there's really no, there, there wasn't any just like room emptiers, like, like stuff that would be like, wow, I gotta run out and get this right now. Right. I just. Well, okay, so, well, I don't know about that. See, so Brian Vaughn announced two projects, right? We, mm -hmm. we stand on guard, which is a futuristic book with Steve Scrochi, um, where Canadian freedom fighters go battle against an invasion of giant robots from the U.S. That sounds 100% awesome. I think. I mean, I mean, you know, um, does Brian Kivon ever do anything that awesome? No, rarely. 
Rarely, yeah. And then he's got it, and then he announced a second series. So I would argue that, considering his place in the pantheon of comics creators, announcing two Brian K. Vaughn books in one day is a pretty huge deal. Okay, all right, but I, I'll, I'll be honest. The biggest announcement for me, the one that has me the most excited, is the Scotty Young book. Sure, sure. Yes. Well, right. So, yeah. so, so I was going to say, I the way you were talking, it was like you were uh, you were crapping on our boy's image debut. Oh no, no, I'm not crapping on anything. I'm I, I'm eager for all of this stuff. It's just that I don't think there were the, any the, just like the Spawn news cast a huge shadow over everything else. It it does. It really does. Well, so you're talking about Scotty's uh, "I Hate Fairyland," mm-hmm. where it's uh, it, which is a great title, by the way. Um, and it is his first image book, and it's uh, Scotty with uh, Jean Francois Bellou, who I believe has been his colorer right on yeah Rocket on Rocket Rocket for years. Yeah. yeah. So um, so that looks cool, and it's an all ages book about um, you know, I guess a. Uh, a girl that gets inserted into a, a fantasy land, and uh, it's it's some of a crazy, violent version of that. We'll have Scotty on soon enough, I'm sure, and he can he can he can sell his book then because I, I don't I don't know much beyond what he's he's shown some preview pages to me and they look amazing, but um, beyond that I don't know. I've been trying to stay mum on all these books until they announce them. And then Vaughn, dude, Vaughn, Vaughn's his other project is. Uh, Paper, Paper Girls, Girl. Cliff yes. Chang. Yes, that's I, I think that's a powerhouse combo. BKV with Cliff Chang, that's awesome, I think. Yeah, regardless of the, of the subject matter, that's that that's a must buy. Um it's it's solid. Um Darwin Cook yes. was was another um notable for me. Yes, exactly. The first thing we're seeing from him uh, other than Parker in years. Yeah. Uh, I mean he's doing covers, but and the covers. first interior, yeah, been first interior work in years. Um James Robinson yes. and Philip Tanner doing a book called Heaven about the humanity going uh going wild. That that I that's more of a wild card for me, but but it could be cool. I mean, it, I like the idea of it. Um, uh, but yeah, Darwin Cook's book's called Revengeance, which is a great name, I think. And dude, Captara, it's our boy, it's it's our boy Kagan McLeod, Infinite Kung Fu, doing his first comic work in years. I didn't see that one. Ah, Captara. It's written by Chip Zdarsky and drawn by Kagan. Um, it's a uh, it's a space space yeah. science fiction comedy book. So. Oh, I'm looking at it now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it covers really nice. Mm-hmm. Yep. No, I mean, there's there there wasn't anything that was just like yeah, what whatever. But um, I mean, on a whole, yeah, they they have a a, a nice setup going into the year. Um, how about I, uh, I just, I, how about Snyder and Lemire doing a book together? Snyder, yeah, Snyder cool. written, Lemire drawn, AD after death. That's a thousand percent awesome. I think. Or, or yes, has the potential to be sure. Um, there's a uh, Eric Kennedy book. When's the last time we saw Eric Kennedy interiors? Ooh, yeah. Run love. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Mm-hmm. See, I just I just wanted to hear that one name. What? Grant Morrison. I wanted to hear that uh, one name. Uh, <laughs> dude, and then how about Island, Vince? What's that? Island is a Brandon Graham helmed anthology. Yes, 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 yes. Eager for that. And and from what I hear, it's not only going to be comics. There's going to be text pieces yes. in it. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm yes, I'm very eager for that too. It's subtitled Comics Magazine for Comics. Nice. So, yeah. And I saw the cover. It looks fantastic. Exactly. Come on, yeah. son. Yeah. No, I'm excited. I'm excited. It's just that Todd's bringing me down. Well, you got to get past that. And but Todd's not the whole company, right? So now speaking of Todd, what do you are? Do you have? It doesn't sound like you are. Are you at all intrigued by this Savior book? Because 
Uh, it's I guess it's Brian Holguin, Todd, and Clayton Crane. I know you're yeah. a huge Clayton Crane art fan, much more than I, I am, and I think more than David is. And you're obviously oh, a huge Todd, and I think you liked Brian Holguin, right, from all of his, his spawn. Oh, yeah. So, Love him. There you yeah. go. No, that's, that's a, a, a must-buy, too. Okay. Have you, seen one, the, have you seen the work Clayton Crane's doing on Rye? Yes. No. It, yes. It's, it's uh, unbelievable. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, I mean, it's good. It is good. I, I, he's not a bad artist by any stretch. I don't want anyone to hear this thinking I think he's a bad artist. I just right. I, I just think the overly... Um, like I don't know the, the 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 computer painted approach he takes just doesn't quite connect with me in the same way that other artists do. But uh, I will say one thing on this book: it, it looks like um, the the safer preview images. It, the, the the coloring on this is much much fuller, more vibrant than the stuff he was doing at Marvel for a bunch of uh, years, which I thought right. really he, brought him down with the coloring. So he was very very dark on a lot of Marvel stuff, especially that Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider, yes, and, and, X, and very yeah. very dark. But that that's um, a, a hallmark of Rye. That is not dark at all. You have to see it. It's the the chroma is jammed down your throat. It's it's awesome. And Clayne uh, can do that with real media too. He's not um, exclusively a digital artist. When mm-hmm. when he does the the cover sketches and he paints them, he can reproduce what he does digitally in the real world. That's so cool. you got to yeah, you got to give that guy props. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I don't know. I thought it was I thought it was a pretty hefty group of announcements. There's a bunch of other titles too we didn't even touch on. Um, oh, they, they got it short. I mean, I, I put it this way. I don't listen to or read the, the DC or the Marvel, uh, the, you know, coming announcements, sure. but when image steps up and says, this is what we got planned for the year, I take notice because mm-hmm. I, well, the, as the 11 o'clockers will, will prove, right? Um, but yeah, it's just, there's a lot of great stuff and, and my pull list is almost, exclusively image like when does that happen right they have so many good books coming out a lot of them i read for this week mm. yeah 19 new books in total so well there you go there's be 19 more uh slots filled on my list i'm, I'm looking forward to uh the new ellis shalvey bel-air book yes yeah I, I didn't i didn't mention that one just because it's it's the second time they're announcing that book <laughs> but, well i know i i know declan was has been stoked for it and, and yeah. his, his response basically when everybody was crying about them leaving Moon Knight after six issues, it's, you know, is it, listen, when, when Warren wants to do a creator own book with you, you basically say yes. So it's true. Um, I, I know, I know he's been talking about it, but I mean, with it getting closer, I, um, uh, they, they can announce it at the next image expo if it doesn't come out. I'll still be stoked for it. Oh, no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> So let's talk about that image book. Well, one of the image books that I read. Um, I'm wondering if any of you, I think David read this. Jason, I don't know. Uh, it is written by Eric Stevenson, illustrated by Simon Gaines. Yes, I did. Cover art by Jordi Belair, color art. Uh, phonographics did the letters. Uh, it's subtitled Book One, From Despair to Where, and the title of the series is called They're Not Like Us. I have not read it yet. Oh, okay. But that's fine. Um, well, uh, you have read this book before. If if you have any uh, longevity in the X books, you've read this book okay. before to, to to a certain degree. It's it's the the setup we've seen a million times before. Uh, a a youth with powers. Uh, in this case, um, somewhat along the 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 
low end of the Jean Grey perception spectrum. Like she, she hears voices. She's, she's a, uh, she can pick up, uh, emotions and, and, and mental bric-a-brac and it's just too much for her. The, 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 the noise is becoming too much to take. So she's going to off herself and someone, we'll call him the voice, comes and tries to convince her to come with him to their sanctuary. And, uh, it, it's the setup for the X books, really. We have this group of, of teens. All of them have special powers, uh, unique to what, you know, whatever they do. And, uh, they have a, a mentor who guides them in, in, you know, honing and sharpening these, these powers. But, and here's the difference with, 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 uh, they're not like us. The, the headmaster, uh, we'll call him the voice, is no Professor X. Like, he's not acting for the good of humanity. He doesn't want peace between, uh, his, uh, people and, and the norms. He's an opportunist. Yeah. He's the, 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 the anti-Chuck. Right, the building in which these children reside was taken. So is he more they, like a they, Fagin from Oliver Twist? He's more. Uh, he's 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 more Magneto than he is Professor okay. X. Okay. Uh, you know, he's like basically everything in the world is ripe for the picking, and we have the power to take it, so we will. Yeah, it's it's that. I mean, there right. there there's no moral gray area here. He's he believes they have a right based on these these powers that they've been gifted with to take whatever they want and act however they want and uh but it's done on the sly like he tells uh sid which is the girl who tried to well that that's the name he gives the girl that tried to offer herself for for a reason i'm going to tell you you can have no identifying marks in this uh a group. No, no tattoos, have, no piercings. Uh, we're no, all out not, then. No, uh, yeah. no, <laughs> yeah, there, no, uh, we are all out, yeah. Um, right. No, no strange colored hair. Everybody is dressed well and, and I mean, not, not Brooks Brothers, but everybody, everybody looks good. Clean, pressed clothes. Yeah. Uh, nothing that could draw attention to yourself because, mm-hmm. and, and like it or not, he basically says, um, you know, uh, when you are, Dressed well, people who dress well don't uh, invite suspicion. Right, they're not they're they're suspects far less often than a person they, with a hoodie. As he says, they, very true. They hide in plain sight. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you can't use a cell phone or a computer. Uh, yeah. So I'm out. Yeah. No. No digital echo that can trace you back to the life that they left behind. And there's one chilling part in the issue. Uh, and it happens right at the end. Uh, Sid said something about, well, well, what about my family? I'm just going to leave them. And he Don't said, say yeah. It. Don't. Uh, all right. That's it. Okay. That's as far as. And then, and then there's a, something he says that, that let ten, lends you to believe that he means business. Yeah. Uh, Let's okay. just put it. And, and, and they hold hands and skip off the page. The, uh, the, <laughs> we're introduced to every, my only problem with this issue is that it felt short because it's, it, Sid is our eyes. We're, we're, we're introduced to this world, to, to these people, thanks to Sid. And, and so we, we meet Sid and we experience some of what she has to deal with. And then, uh, we meet everybody. And aside from Sid and the voice and, uh, and the, the one, um, basically the, the guy who can take care of, um, uh, what the hell did they call him? Uh, oh wait. 
Jason, there is a guy named Fagan in this, by the way. Oh, nice. There you go. Yeah, yeah. You you got a pyrokinetic uh, a guy that's invulnerable. You have your strong man, your speedster. Uh, there's an illusionist. Um, let's see. There's an empath, mm-hmm. a uh, a visionary person yeah. who can see the future. And um, what's the last guy? Gruff. Uh, like, yeah, Gruff can communicate with his thoughts, which is a relief for him and everyone he knows because he can't speak at all. So, I mean, everybody's unique, and my that that that's my issue with it is is aside from the voice and Sid and the dude who who rescues Sid, uh, we meet everybody in one panel, and that's all we see of them. I mean, oh, okay. it's, it's, and they're sitting in a room, so we don't. I don't have. I it, uh, if. If this book was just about the voice, I probably wouldn't read the second issue. He's he's the type of character who I just I don't need to read more about. And uh but the rest of the cast has me intrigued and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing them in action. And uh I mean it's it's one panel, but we get their names and their powers, and we get the names they were given, because that's that's another thing that, that the voice does is that they uh when when he introduces Sid, she says, "Well, actually, my name is," and he cuts her off because nobody has the name they were born with in this group, and you can't pick your own because if you pick your own name, if you wanted to give yourself a nickname, Jason, it would probably be something that would connect you to your past, right? So yeah, this like slap, is, Sloppy McGillicuddy or something like that. Absolutely, well, I, he, no, even subconsciously because no, it's coming right, from right, right. Yeah. from your brain. Right. Mm-hmm. So you would pick something like you know, like Arthur Dent or something. Yeah, right. So he picks the name for yeah. you. So just just to cut those ties. But I I just got I, one thing I want to disagree with David on is I don't think the issue. I thought the issue was extra sized. It felt longer to me. It didn't to me. I mean, I I, I love the art because Gann did some amazing work. I mean, they were in a a music library, and I mean, like he basically drew tons of of vinyl spines, and it's it's like you know when. That's not easy to do. I mean, the, the 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 detailing in the house is great. There's a scene that, that takes place in a hospital, and and no shortcuts were there either with all the the cables and the wires and and the tubes and and the electronics. Um, I I was able to move along quickly with the issue because the art was so clean. The art is 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 reminds me similar to um, uh, Milo Manara, but not uh, not as I guess curvy it it's it just when i see the faces it, they, they remind me of uh of his style and, and when people and the poses people are in but i i did not feel like it was exercised that's the whole thing for me i mean we've seen this scenario a gajillion times mm-hmm. why what why is this book worth reading and for me it's it's simon gain period and, and jordy belair uh the the art is is the draw for me uh, I loved Gaines' work on IDW's Godzilla. The, the, but that was more shadowy than this. I mean, his lines are on full display in this book. He, that, that whisker shading technique that, that he does, uh, he, he renders fabric like a bastard. Uh, everything, cars, buildings, furniture, the folds and clothing, uh, he, he, the guy, the guy's a wizard, right? Um, that to me is, is, is like David said, the, the, the hospital room. You got all these machines that, that one usually encounters in, in such places and the room is sexy. 
he draws a sexy hospital room. Mm. Like she, she's laid out in the bed and you can see the folds in the fabric between her, like her, the, the part of the leg that raises the fabric up and then you got the loops in between her, her legs and it's damn sexy, but it's a hospital bed. Like how do you draw a sexy hospital bed? He did it. Ask Simon uh-huh. King, I guess. Yeah, go figure. The, the guy's lines are alive. The, uh, there's an exterior shot of, uh, Sid's new residence. It's stunning. You got the, the building with the, these, these giant trees in front of it and the, it's just gorgeous. That for me is the reason to read this book. Um, for right now, like it, the first issue, it's all set up. Mm-hmm. In, in fact, the first panel starts on the cover. The, the indicia is on the bottom of the front cover. Yeah. There's, there's not an ad in the entire book. It's complete story from front to, to, to inside back cover, to back cover. It's all story. There's nothing extraneous in this book at all. No, I thought it was great. And it's only $2.99. That's fantastic. Yeah, I thought, I thought, I definitely think this is a winner. Uh, yeah, I want to know more about the characters. I want to know more about Sid. I want to see what happens and I want to watch the chaos. But for my money, the, the fact that Simon Gain is attached to this, that's the reason why I'm buying it. And Jordy. It's, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful book. So if I'm reading between the lines, you're saying that the writing is, and the, the, the plot thus far are a little bit familiar, uh, yes. not necessarily breaking new ground, yeah. but the art is special enough that it, it's, it makes it a, a, a worth reading. Yeah, I think so. Okay. No, I mean, well, it's, it's, yes, the, the, it's, it's familiar ground, the, the, mm-hmm. the base, I mean, the group and, but there are enough tweaks where, uh, cause the voice doesn't act like Chuck, uh, aside from no. getting everybody together and, and, but, and having an agenda, but it's just not an agenda that Xavier would ever have. Mm-hmm. Um, no, it's, no, but and nobody, what, nobody looks like a misfit or an outcast or us versus them because they're meant to blend in. So it, it looks like a prep school to me. Yes. It, 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 yeah. It looks like a prep school, but for what I want to see is, I want to see what happens when one of these kids breaks the rules. I want to see where this voice is going to go. Like the last panel, the, the, the statement made, um, I want maybe one of them has second thoughts and tries to contact their families or tries to leave. Or I, I want to see if this is like, you know, the family where once they're in, they can't leave. Sure. Well, so that, that, that would be a nice spin on it. So this is, in a little bit, it, it somewhat sounds like, like kind of a, I mean, it's, it's, it's along the same lines as what we've got going with Deadly Class, only without, only with superpowers, right? Because that's the same thing. It's a hidden school. It, they're, I mean, they're being trained to be assassins because they're not superpowered, but they, they have to abandon their former lives. They, uh, they can't ever speak about the school or leave the school. So, like you said, I mean, there's been a million examples of this, so I, that's just, but, it's interesting that yeah. is, is, is got multiple books treading on that same kind of theme right now. Yeah. Well, unlike Deadly Class, the, the social standing of these kids, whether it's real or manufactured, seems to be a lot higher than the, the, the kids in Deadly Class. Well, it's also, it, it, um, Deadly Class is also pretty much a period piece that's taking place in the mid to late 80s, whereas right. this is present day. Cool. It's good stuff. It's it's good. But I mean, like I said, um, not by the numbers, but close to the numbers. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking after the first issue, that's going to change because it's it, uh, Stevenson's probably going to want to twist our heads around with, you know, the unforeseen, which is cool. But, uh, yeah, it's it's going to stay on my list. I, I enjoyed it that much. Liked it a lot. 
I, Damn Simon I, game. I, I did. I did like. It. I, I will be back for the second issue. I'm not. Uh, I, I'd recommend it. It's. It's. It's one of those books where you know you could recommend to somebody if they like this, then sure, sure, yeah. So no, I'd I'd, I'd give it a shot. I and what's there is not badly written. I think it's the the dialogue is it rings true. Um, there there's there was really nothing that made me say nah, they would you know a person like that wouldn't say that. It just it, it seemed like I was a fly on the wall of that uh, you know Sid's. Sid's new residence. So that's what more can you ask for, really? Mm-hmm. Every book doesn't have to reinvent the wheel. Very true. Yeah. Nice. See, this is interesting because I we all fancy ourselves as being embedded in the image world, and uh, I I have to be honest. Until you brought this book up during the week in our little uh, daily chats about what we've been reading, I, I didn't even know it existed. So. Wow. Yeah, I had to. I, I had to look for it when Vince mentioned it. I um. As I, I haven't checked the uh, the FTP in in a little bit, so I didn't I didn't know what was in there. But no, I, I'm I'm glad I did check it out. And, and well, you know me, I scour the previews. Yes. When I when I saw that name Simon Gain attached to it, it got circled. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, Sid, oh. Sid looks and, like a straight up Monero character. And the the logo for the book is the not equal sign. Yeah. That's brilliant. That's it's so simple, but it's it's brilliant. Lug you, 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 is what homeboy's name is in the hospital. Uh, and there's a there's a technopath too, yep. right? Yep. The, the one like a, a kid that's really good with technology. So they got all the bases covered. Now whether they're going to go out and uh, help people or you know they're going to be like a, a a super crime team that remains to be seen. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, neat stuff for sure. Definitely, I could see it being images heroes for hire in a way. Oh, that's an interesting comparison. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, the the voice is very, very set on uh, um, acquiring things, achieving things, and being uh, clandestine. So that's not the hallmark of a superhero team. That's more like a, uh, you know, uh, like a a SWAT team or mm-hmm. something. Yeah, you want this done? Here's our uh, PayPal address. You dump, you know, fifty, hundred thousand dollars in there. We'll get it done for you. You know. So I don't know. Good stuff. Cool. David. Uh, let's see. I, uh, I read the second issue of Shaft Ooh. and it's, I, it, Shut your mouth. I was, as I was driving home, I'm, I'm thinking about it. And, and this is a book where if, even if it, like seeing the title Shaft made me curious. And I'm sure for many people, that's why they're going to check it out. But if you, if this wasn't John Shaft, if this was just a story about a kid from Harlem had to go to Vietnam to not go to jail and come back and, and, cause it's, it's basically John Shaft's origin story because this issue is all about, um, we find out that he, uh, he becomes a, a mystery shopper at a department store. He works for a security firm and, uh, and so he, we, we see him in action real briefly at the department store. Um, and then, uh, and then he goes and gets his, um, there's a girl that, uh, at the department store that's sweet on him. So he goes and gets a stiboy, but he, he, uh, there's some, uh, old life stuff happening in this issue as well. So we get, uh, some more info on, on who John Shaft is. But even if this wasn't about John Shaft, because of what the story is about so far with two issues in, it's still a really good story. And I mean, the art's fantastic. Still, um, 
Still, still drawn by, uh, Bill Quist Evely and, uh, written and lettered by, uh, David F. Walker. The, uh, if it wasn't a, a shaft book or licensed by Dynamite, um, or for Dynamite, this, this type of story would probably fit well at like uh, top shelf for fan graphics if it didn't look the way it did. But it's, it's, it's a story that's still pretty interesting. So I, I'm realizing that I'm liking this not only because it's about John Shaft, but mm-hmm. the way the story is being told, and uh, and I, it, it's just it looks really good. But it's so we have um, we we have uh, John, sweet on this young lady, um, they're in a relationship, and about um, twelve or so pages in, that's when things start to unravel for shaft um two dudes show up at his girlfriend's place uh slap her around john tries to beat on him beat him off beat beat them down and then uh <laughs> this big yeah, he does. This a big line yeah. i think you're, Look at confusing, the line you're that confusing shaft with black dynamite right now I, I guess i am they uh but one of the dudes um four eyes has has a, has a pistol so he, he is holding holding the girlfriend hostage so so shaft's like all right everything's cool and homie is going to uh send John and the partner uh into the city, into Harlem to look for um Marisol Dupree. And so John and uh and homeboy hop in the car, do their thing, John notices someone's trailing them, they show up at a um at a bar run by a guy named Chucky. Um nobody has seen Shaft in Harlem since uh, he was kind of shown the door when he didn't throw the fight from the first issue. So he really is in no rush to go back to Harlem because he knows once word gets out, um, his life may be a little uncomfortable, but we, um, get a couple of guys who follow shaft and, um, and his ill tempered buddy into the bar. Not sure if they're cops or gangsters or or what because uh cops or gangsters are the only white boys with balls big enough to walk into a bar in harlem like they own the place so they decide to leave through the back door uh get stopped there's a little bit of a brawl uh people get shot shaft hops back in the car goes back to his girlfriend's place finds out that um she's been shot as well as the uh the dude who was holding her at gunpoint they're both dead and that's where the issue ends. Um, and John is now real determined and, and he, he's thinking about his time when he was in Vietnam. Um, he knows the exact, he knows the exact number of, um, Viet Cong killed by his hand. Uh, he never says the number because then it will just make it real. And he will think about, Sometimes the families that affected the people who lost, uh, loved ones based on his actions. But, um, now he's wondering if the person who killed, uh, his girlfriend thought about if there was anybody who'd miss her, if there'd be anybody affected by, by, by that loss. Um, and he doesn't care because now he's going to end whoever did this and not care about who that affects. And, and I think in the third issue, uh, chef's gonna get his hands dirty a little bit, but it's, um, it's still been a beautiful looking book. It's, it's been a really interesting ride. And, and I, I love that, uh, the, I'll hear, 
I'll hear, I'll read things that people are saying in this book. And it's, it's the same type of shit I'd hear if, if, you know, if, if, if I'm on Renee's family or, I mean, it's just, if it sounds authentic and, and it's not like it's, it's you know, movie lingo or, or, or said for effect because it's, it's on the big screen. It's, it just, it sounds like the way people do talk and, and did talk. And, uh, I, you know, two issues in, I, I'm still recommending it. I, I think it's been, uh, I think it's been a lot. I don't want to say fun because it's not really a. It's not all happy, but it's uh, <laughs> it's uh, even if you know what I'll, I'll say. Even if you are not a fan of of Shaft, you'll probably still enjoy this book. Well, you should. It's, oh yeah, it's I would a, agree with that. Yeah, I mean, I, I would think. Well, I would think just if you're a fan of any kind of, uh, uh, certainly half the stuff that that's analogous to this we have praised over the years, whether it be. You know, any kind of exploitation angle or bent. And this is, yeah, it's, I, I didn't read the second issue yet, but the second, first issue, as we all discussed, was, was terrific. So, yeah. But I'm glad to hear the second issue keeps, keeps the train running. It does. We, uh, we're, we're, um, removed from the events from the first issue. Um, and, uh, he's basically looking for a job. So, um, that's where this, so I, I hope we don't really get a, a, a time jump between the second and third issue or unless, you know, Shaft's been looking for these people for a couple months now and, and is finally homing in on them. But, uh, mm-hmm. no, I, I, uh, I look forward to, uh, your thoughts when you do read it. Oh, for sure. The, uh, the covers this time around are, we're still by, uh, Dennis Cowan and Bill Sienkiewicz cover B by Francesco Francovia and cover C by Sanford Green. So we didn't have, we don't have as many covers this time, but uh, the, uh, the Cowan Sienkiewicz cover is fantastic. Um, and as, as is Francesco's. Nice. I have to tell you that if we had an Olympic Foster's category for, um, breakthrough character of the year, my runaway, my runaway winner this year would be Bobby DaCosta. Yes. AKA yes. Sunspot. Jonathan Hickman has turned Bobby DaCosta into one of the best characters slash heroes in the Marvel Universe this past year. I, I, um, you know, the, the, as we seemingly talk about with Hickman every couple of years because he takes over a book and then spins a multi year, uh, run and it, 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 it appears that there's a Hickman cycle now, right? Gets announced for a big book. He starts the book generally well received, but the talk of the books go quiet because many people either begin letting them pile up or abandoning them, and mainly because they feel like he's dragging out a lot of the central parts of the story too long. And then, just as we get towards that six to eight month window where he's getting ready to wrap up these mega arcs the books start getting unbelievably engaging again. People start coming back to it, catching up. And then if this goes as the way his past experiences goes, by the time we get to the finale of this multi-year run, it, it will be right up there with some of the best of, of ever in the imprint. And, of course, I'm talking about the Hickman's work on the Avengers of late, but um, I caught up on new and well, Avengers proper and new Avengers. Um, so I think we're, what, five months left now? Is that... Is that yes. right? Yeah. And um, Bobby DaCosta is the standout character for me. I, I, I think issues 
37, 38, and 39 of Avengers, Bobby was fantastic. Uh, those, those issues to me, I think, are, are just phenomenally perfect Avengers comics. The dialogue is tight. Hickman weaved so many different characters in and out of the story, and DaCosta is the central um, underpinning of pulling all that together. He has risen to the occasion. He's, he's through his own brilliance and his own wealth and his own maturity, he has formed a third group of, of heroes, essentially, because he's absolutely... Uh, thinks that that both the the, the main group and, and the Illuminati have gone off their rockers, you know the Captain America led Shield group and, and the Illuminati, and he he forms another group to 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 intervene, and he's got people on all sides. He's got we find out he's he's got the Beast working with him on uh, on the Illuminati info, and it's just it's re- I just was so engaged by those issues. I I, I just think that, that they're setting up all these pieces. You can see them all moving into place. And it's another one of those eureka moments where you realize that Hickman, whether you think he drags things on in the middle or not, is pulling off another wonderfully intricate yet perfectly logical uh, story with what's going on with this stuff. And I, I, I just am so impressed. Uh, I think you're you're caught up to date too, right, David? Yes. Did you? Um, because it's it's usually hard for me to because um, of the way comicsology lays out displays their their books um it's you 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 look at the list or you look at what's in your library and it's it's usually a a 300 by 300 square of of the first issue or or the first part of an arc or something to to let you know Mm -hmm. that that's what that book is that that you're going to click on Mm -hmm. and because there are a couple of steps to go between issues it took me a minute to realize that the uh, the covers for New Avengers 28 and uh, and Avengers what the hell was it um, the latest Avengers Avengers 39 were both done by Alan Davis and Mark Farmer but they are they're, they they pair up. You add, I, I did not notice that. I noticed yes. they were done by Alan Davis certainly, but I didn't yep. notice they paired up. Cool. They're both coming at each other from the, the both teams are coming at each other from uh, from different directions and and it, it, they're almost like they're mirrored but you know with a bunch of characters but it's I I was if if I had the physical copies or um, had the issues lined up on the screen it, it'd be one thing but I mean when I realized that I was like that that's just real cool and and I, I missed those kind of days when when that would happen but sure. um, it's you're absolutely right about sunspot he uh and you know i don't know this doesn't really pain me because i know that hickman started the book off so i don't know how involved he still may be even though he's not credited as plotting it and and it's just an expense of writing it but bobby and sam have been uh been written really well in avengers world agreed yeah and um and because and, and sam being I don't know if they're married, but being together with kid with Smasher, I've come. To, I think they've done a good job developing her as a character too. Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it can be a little confusing because you have the different artists and and uh, and because there there's three trouble spots and one issue will just be about Shang Chi, the next issue will be about you know Hawkeye and Spider Woman in in the City of the Dead, and then you'll have the other 
map and it may be a while before you go back to the other one. So, so Avengers world may be going a little long in the tooth, but it's, um, it's still setting things up for what Hickman's doing. And, and I know it's, I've had these issues piled up because Wolverine is still on the team. Yeah. The, uh, but I think that also helps with Hickman's story being in the future. And, uh, obviously these characters are developed enough. I don't know, you know, at this point I'm considering Steve Rogers as a scroll. Uh, he is, his, his attitude is just, I mean, I, he's not, he's obviously he's Steve Rogers and, and, and is, you know, he's, he's old butter Captain America, but it, it's just the way, the way he's carrying himself, the way he's talking about people. It's, it's like, there's, there is no turning back. It, 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 there's no forgiveness and how they act and, and for him to, but, but, okay. no, no, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I agree with what you're saying about Rogers, but I, I want to clarify at least or, or see if you, you disagree because I, I, while I agree with you that, that he's acting strangely, I, I, I think that's perfect. That's by design on Hickman's end. I, in other words, I don't think he's mischaracterizing Rogers. I mean, Rogers has lost his powers. He's an, he's an ancient elderly man who yeah. can, and, and I, I think that's all. And I think Rogers, because of that, is essentially fed up and he, and he knows the finality of what's going on. He's, he's realized the Illuminati after all, you know, he realized what happened is, is supposedly his, the most benevolent heroes and colleagues of his, of his existence have all, in his opinion, not only betrayed him, but, but essentially become true, tried and true villains and gone against everything he believes in. And he's just on a, on a, on a warpath. Uh, and, and, um, and I, I think, I don't know, that rings very true to me with the significance of what's going on. I mean, when, when we're, you know, we're at the point now where these, these guys have, have bought into, uh, repeated and systematic uh, genocide, and I don't know how you could ever argue that that's for the greater good. At least that's one of the things we're supposed to be debating. I think as we read this arc, is, is, is again, you know, we can't. We talk about the ends justifying the means, but, but yeah. is there any ends that justify the genocide of, of, of entire planets? I don't think so. At least that's where I stand. So. Yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's with the way these heroes. If these heroes have taught us anything in all the years we've been reading them, no, that, that is definitely not a path you want to go down. Um, it's it, the part that may rub me wrong. And, and this happens in any sort of media when you have one person who is convinced that the group is wrong, whereas, but, but the group is made up of experienced people and people who know what they're talking about. It, it doesn't, in this case, it, it's, I, I worry about Steve. I don't, I, he's doing his thing and he's in charge and, and he's, he, I mean, what, what they did with the alternate Hulk or the alternate banner is just, yeah. that's, that's something I, I, that's not the type of, of action I would have expected to see him do, but based on what's going on, it absolutely makes sense. Vince, the, are you, uh, are you caught up? Uh, no, I'm way behind. Oh, well, what he's talking, what David's talking about is there's this alternate universe version of Banner, right? And he, we, we met him some issues ago, and he, he is in their universe. He's controlled essentially um, by lobotom. He, he lobotom. Well, he was lobotomized effectively, so that um, and, and different different other characters take take different other Avengers have taken turns being in control of him, almost like he's a a, a dog, if you will. And he's met our banner by now, and our banner is running rampant, uh, working with the Illuminati, 
and is their tank, and so Rogers drops uh, the alternate universe Hulk in as a as a counterpoint, mainly as 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 cannon fodder, just to just to buy them some time while they can implement the next part of their plan, which involves getting some of the other heroes to the spot that they need to get to. But we're getting to this a fantastic point where all these things are lining up. I mean, for yes. me, New Avengers, or for me, Avengers. 38, when, when Bobby is sitting around the, at the head of the boardroom table and essentially uh, just recapping everything that's gone on and who the players are and introducing everyone at the table to each other and where their involvement is, is just masterful. Um, and, and you start to see all the different groundwork that he's been laying for months and the different interactions on the side to pull this all together. And then over in New Avengers, we see him take his team to action and... Through it all, though, I think the other thing that's really cool here is while there definitely is the Tony Tony Stark becoming a, a, a tried and true villain, um, which maybe isn't all that surprising because he's shown those tendencies. You know, we've gotten to this point where it's hard for me to. It's comics, so I know it, it'll happen, but it's hard for me based on New Avengers twenty eight, I guess, the last issue. How I can, how I can ever see Reed in the same light again? I, I mean, Reed is 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 proving to be as masterful a a villain as he ever was a hero. Uh, and, and again, he thinks he's doing it for the right reasons, but but boy, oh boy, it, it, seeing him talking to, in this issue, Vince, he's, he's, um, he has written Valeria, Valeria, essentially a diary of all of his knowledge and, and given it to her. And and he narrates the the issue through his his through his he's speaking to her um, and, and giving and he's teaching her a lesson in uh, the art of war and how you have to anticipate your enemy's moves and then how when you know, when you know your enemy well and they know you well one of the most effective ways to um, win is to introduce a third element which is essentially in this case Bobby DaCosta's team of Avengers and it makes you realize at that moment that. Reed saw this coming. He saw the third group, so you may, it immediately makes you wonder, wait a minute, so is it all the stuff that Bobby's been doing on the side and all these people have been playing double agent? Reed, Reed expected it all. Yep. So if he's expected it all, then, then holy shit, because he's not, he's like, yep, I knew they were going to do this, and then they're going to do this, and you realize, like, Reed is seeing it all, and if he's seeing it all, and he's really committed to just continuing to destroy other universes for our sake, what what's about to happen, you know? And then meanwhile, in the background, you've got which David mentioned a week last week, I think you've got the molecule man being, being yeah, being with Doom, and then he's been acting like the insane version that we saw for years, and all of a sudden he grabs Doom and they disappear, which makes me wonder: are they are they going are they going to reappear in this battle, or are we not going to see them until Secret Wars? Is that what? Well, yeah, I was gonna I was gonna say there's your lead into Secret exactly Wars, right. This is all yeah. leading to that, right? I mean. You wonder, are, is, is Battleworld going to actually be a piece of, of each of these different Earths that were, were involved in, in this whole, uh, you know, this whole, um, you know, thing, this, all these incursions? I mean, is that what's going on? I mean, um, are we going to find out somehow that, that the Beyonder was, was, was the impetus for the incursions happening? I mean, there's a lot of cool stuff going on. Um, but the, the, I just am so impressed with the way that they're tying all of these Intricate together, you know. Sue does some shocking things. The 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 New Avengers twenty eight, uh, the end game, which is when you really realize that Reed had all, saw this coming, is he he two characters that you thought were on one side are actually on their side, 
And then he says something, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have the comic open, is, is he says, and remember in the end game, he's like, there's, there's, there's the, there's the winning move that they may have seen coming. And then there's the move that nobody saw coming. And then they show you two more characters that are on their side. And it's like, yeah. jaw on the floor, like, holy shit. So, I mean, like, it's, it's a con inside of a con. And yeah, I, exactly. I, I, it's, I, like, I, it's like a con game. It's like a superhero cosmic con movie. It's like a con, right, exactly. It's a great, it's, it's a con game movie. And they're all conning each other. And then one of them is going to end up having the edge. And probably not surprising, at least for now, we're led to believe it's Reed and Reed in a big way. And yet there's still five months left. So right now it's hard for me to buy into the fact that, that love Steve Rogers as much as I do. This does not strike me as a situation where he's going to be able to raise his shield up and rally cry them to victory. That would seem somewhat hard to fathom given all the stuff that's going on. But, but maybe, maybe again, maybe it's someone like Bobby DaCosta. Maybe it's, it's some of these, you know, newer, newer major players that, that rise to the occasion. And that's pretty exciting stuff. It, it, it very well could be the new team because it's it's hard to think that the people, the characters who've been destroying universes, are are the good guys. Are are the you know because that's killing doesn't necessarily solve your problems, and it's hard to believe that it would be Captain America because that would just be a little that would be very eighties. That would be very cliched, and and if if Captain America saves the day in in his state with everything else that's going on, because these are huge stakes uh i could very well see the uh the 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 new team basically saving the day saving the worlds um you did mention the group that bobby now owns right oh i i i didn't but yes he is the owner of aim (laughs) he bought aim he bought aim and aim is working for the good now and and vince it's cool because remember how aim had had captured all the um not all but they captured many of those uh those like pods. Remember when X Nihilo first came on the scene and he'd sent all those pods down to do their different things, and Aim had right. captured a few of them. Well, now Bobby owns them all, and he's got Aim scientists sitting at this table while they're strategizing. They work for him. They uh, they took one of the pods. They realized uh, is I, I think it was for birth. So they sent Shang Chi there, and now Shang Chi got consumed in one of those inhuman cocoons and came out, and now he can Shang Chi's not only the master of kung fu now, he can create clones of himself. The so there's, an army, there's an army of Shang Chi's. Um, there is, uh, yeah, no. So, so Bobby owns AIM. It's super cool. And also, the zebra kids, if you remember from the Savage Land, the super yeah. smart. He calls them the zebras, and they're his right hand men now. And uh, that's what I'm saying. Like Bobby's, he's a badass. He's got this multi company. He's running this team of Avengers. He's got, he owns AIM. He's got the zebra kids who are super geniuses that are essentially his adopted children. Uh, he's got this buddy dynamic going on with Sam, which is terrific, as David mentioned. And he's just, I think he's the best character in Marvel this year. I, I really do. I think I have been so, he just, he has evolved and, and become so much more than we've ever seen him, which is basically, you know, he was a spoiled was, rich kid. Yeah, spoiled rich kid that had some cool powers and it was generally heroic, but, but, but also entitled and, and he's, a, he's matured into a, uh, Someone quite different and, and, and quite quite worthy of, of the mantle of leading a big group of powerful people. And you know the, the the other thing is there's just so many characters involved in this whole thing. You've got the the Shield Avengers, which is Steve, um, what Hawkeye. Uh, you've got uh, uh, War Machine. Um, uh, you've got Sue, theoretically. Uh, you've got uh, you've got Sam, aka New Captain America. You've got Captain Marvel. 
who I also like that they're and probably by design given her rising prominence and the fact they're gonna she's they're gonna have a movie of hers. You've got her taking on the Hulk one one on one. And yeah. uh while she doesn't beat him, she you know, the fact that they consider her someone able to go toe to toe with him um is 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 pretty neat. Then you've got the Illuminati who isn't just the Illuminati that we've known, but you've got you've got uh the Hulk now as part of it. You've got Captain Britain as part of it, Amadeus Cho, uh, and and that's that's an interesting dynamic. Um, Cho, we really haven't seen in a couple issues. We saw him three or four issues ago in a Jimmy Chung drawn uh, issue where he was was pretty pimp. He did a pretty cool thing. They actually had him get captured. He snuck into the helicarrier. They captured him, but it was all planned. Uh, he was. They were all. Pl- they were planning him. He was a Trojan horse. Thing. Yeah, exactly. He was like a, tro- a li- he was like a human Trojan horse virus, which is pretty cool. Then you've got Sam's team, which is Sunspot, Cannibal, Smasher, who is now Cannibal. I'm pretty sure they're married, right? They got married when they were uh, on uh, over living on the Shi'ar homeworld. Either way, they have a kid, and they're sort of married. You've got Manifold, who's the teleporter. You've got um, you've got Spider Woman and Black Widow, uh, Shang Chi. You've got uh, the zebras. Then Pod, who we we get her origin story uh, two months ago. We got her origin story, and then Validator. Then you've got the multiversal Avengers, who are out on the other side of the universe right now, which is Thor, uh, Starbrand, Nightmask, Abyss, Ex Nihilo, so all those characters from from that that run plus Hyperion. And then you've got the Cabal, which is in and of itself a pretty insane group of, of characters, including our boy Corvus Glaive. So, um, yeah, man, I don't know. I'm I'm heavy into this now again. I I, yeah. I, I, I feel like every time there's a big event coming. I convinced myself after the last event that I'm not going to let myself get caught up in excitement for the new event. And then seemingly every time I fail at that and get caught up. But this one, and I may regret saying this in eight or nine months when it's all over, but this one feels like it's going to deliver. Like the, the, the end of Hickman's Avengers run rolling into Secret Wars, I feel like it's going to deliver. I, I feel like it's going to matter. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because yeah, the end of, uh, the end of an event, we get, Everything kind of goes back to the status quo, and it's like, so what was what was the point of those six months? But this, I mean, aside from looking cool and and being, you know, your summer popcorn blockbuster, there's, you know, there's there's no ramifications. And and as you're talking about, maybe this battle world could consist of um, different parts of the universes, different Earths from different universes that have been during the incursions. It reminded me, and and this isn't the first time this comparison has come up because it definitely came up when Hickman in the new Avengers was writing his version of the justice league of America. But when crisis on infinite earths ended, you basically had all the heroes that were left, regardless of what era they're from, there was basically this new earth one and, or just the new earth. And it could be that, one possibility is battle world or when it's done, whatever worlds are left, um, that new earth, new Marvel earth could be the reboot or just post secret wars, mm-hmm. new status quo and, or, or just uh, that, that's the, that's the relaunch. But, um, th- thinking about what could happen with still five months to go before the event even starts, uh, it's, practically limitless i mean you could just you read an issue of any of these of any of hickman's books and that'll lead you down uh a rabbit hole to to a whole bunch of 
of what ifs and I, I love it when I, when I don't know what's coming, but it's fun to guess and, and whether, whether whatever you're guessing actually is something that, that plays out, um, or it doesn't. It, it's just knowing that you're so caught up in it. I, it, it does make it that much richer. Yeah, it's, it's good stuff. I can't believe you gotta get caught up in this. I must one of these days, but I did get caught up on a bunch of stuff. I believe David talked about last week. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I got some quickies, some just quick capsule things going on here. Um, I read Star Trek Planet of the Apes number one. Nice. Yeah. That you talked about last week and I got to agree with you on every front. I got the, uh, George Perez cover, the subscription variant. Okay. It, it's awesome. Um, but. Uh, I thought the Sulu and Uhura scenes were the best part of the book. Lots of fun. Yes. Uh, for me, the biggest question is, where in the hell, well, two questions. Where in the hell did the Klingons get the technology? What the hell was that? Did you just fart, dude? <laughs> <laughs> well, J- Jason just pierced the multiverse. Where the hell? Where the hell did the Klingons get the technology to breach the multiverse like this? They bogar shit, bro. I know, yeah. but if the fe- it, Spock even makes a, a comment like, the Federation has nothing like this. This is way far advanced. We don't even know how this thing works. Where did they get it? I want to know where they got the technology, yeah. and I want to know why the Klingons are wasting their time supplying guns to a bunch of apes. What could they possibly gain? What is it about this version of Earth that is so special that they're they're going in and uh, stirring up the chaos? It must mean maybe in the future of this Earth, someone a human will be born that leads to the formation of the Federation. Like they somehow they'll know uh, they have ways of knowing that the, maybe they jumped, they trying the technology out. They jumped into the future, saw the place, another Federation popped up, went into the past of this universe uh dimension and now they're trying to stir up the shit trying to get the federation out of the picture here so they can run roughshod over this part of this 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 uh dimension maybe that's it i don't know i just i thought it was great a really good first issue I, and i agree I, I agree with you i love the um i love that you, you read it and then we're throwing questions back and forth on on messenger and it's yeah, it's all yeah. I, and because we don't you're right it's it's one thing because we're in the old Trek universe and they transport over to they 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 go through the portal to a future alternate earth right but like you said about the devices uh, where where they come exactly. from dude? and 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 for spock to say you know we don't have anything like this you know the federation didn't have the ability to cloak their ships either so i mean you know it, it's not unusual for them to come across shit that they haven't invented yet but the Klingons never struck me as the I'm going to invent shit type. And right, Jason, it's like kind of like a Stargate technology where they they have these, but you need these three of them. Uh, right. They, they just they they float in space and the the they triangulate and make a, a a portal that allows the anything that goes through it to a- access another dimension. Mm-hmm. And the Klingon the Klingons are using this where this came from. If, if it, it could not have come from the the universe hosting the federation because if it came from that universe it would have been used before right so it boggles my mind um wait but might these i mean if this is the planet of the apes 
universe, then wouldn't there, the Klingons of that universe be subject to different things? Well, who knows? No, this is the Klingons of the Star Trek universe. They they go to the the, the dimension where the Earth is in the stages of you know the the apes uh, rule supreme, and they're they're supplying the apes with guns. But why why are they hopping dimensions? Is what I'm asking. That's, that's we don't that's know. That. We don't know. Yeah, but so uh, and you get to see Spock in a knit hat, and that's worth <laughs> the price of the, the issue alone. Hipster, hipster Spock. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Does he have a big stash? No, it's not Mirror Mirror. Oh, imagine. Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, something that Jason talked about, uh, maybe two episodes alone. I read Bitch Planet number one. Oh, nice. I don't have to fuck. Okay. I thought, I thought it was spectacular. Far, far more than I expected. Right? It, 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 uh, it it's it, only one issue, so I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but this is definitely the best work. This is, this is, of all the things she's, she's done, this is the first thing I think has the chance to living, living up to the hype of, of her work, I think. Exactly. If it was a pilot, it would be perfect. Yeah. Um, taking gender inequality to the extremes, uh, you have a, a, a orbiting prison that just houses females, and and the thing that that I find the most puzzling, and I want to know more about, is what constitutes noncompliance. Like, are are they are these major? Transgressions that these women are all incarcerated for, or does non-compliance mean like you disagree with your husband, you're going to the bitch planet? You know they don't specifically state the magnitude of what these women did to get to right, right. So that I mean that's a big question mark. And uh, no, I thought the characters were were amazing. Just the flow of the issue was impeccable, and the, and the uh, the twist at the end was perfect. It really was. It was. Yeah. 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 Um, and the art, the art's perfect for that book, I think. Right, the, the, right. It's, it's they're 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 real humans. The, the the women and the men are are not attractive for the sake of it. They're they're some are really fat, some are old and wrinkly. They're just they're human. They're just you know they're just, they look the way people really would look. So right, and and the reasoning for a bunch of the choices made in the narrative are explained uh, in the back pages, like. You, for the most part, you think the story is going to be centered around a middle-aged white woman wrongly imprisoned for something you know she didn't do, and that's not the case at all. By the end of the issue, so it's it's, it's really great stuff. Um, I read Drifter, number two. Uh huh. Um, I I loved it, um, but I don't think the art was the tour de force that the first issue was. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's basically a. a a hallway issue. It's going to get us to the next beat in the in the story, but nothing really major happened. With no questions were answered, but it's damn pretty. Uh, so I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, th- does that sound like a? Well, it, it it's it's not an unenthusiastic review because I really enjoyed the book, but there was, wasn't anything notable in the second issue that the first issue didn't do much better. Right. Yeah. Uh, and Tooth and Claw number two. Unlike some people here, I, I adore this book. Yeah, like and like, like who? Jason doesn't oh, doesn't okay. care for it that much. Yeah, I know you like it. I haven't read the second issue. Say that was a passive aggressive dig right there. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. You could, I mean, you, know, you could just say you liked it. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, uh, this book, the strengths of this book are the character design and the art. 
by um, Benjamin Dewey is just impeccable. It's amazing, amazing stuff. Now, I am really amazed that you like this art that much. Not because it's not good art, but because if I were to pick a type of art that you, I would find you would be critical of, this would be it. I think he uses a lot of modeling software to make these characters. Oh, I think you're nuts. I don't, oh, I, I don't I think, think he sticks photoshopped animal heads on top of bodies. I, I think it looks like it's all computerized. I don't get that. I don't see it. Well, no. well that's why that's really my big issue with the book. So I'm, I mean, I guess yeah, to each his own. But I can. But if you're not seeing it, I guess that's why it doesn't bother you. But I, I thought this would be the kind of art that would just rail against your very fiber. Hmm. Yeah, I guess I'm seeing it differently. I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'm baffled. I, I don't see. I don't see any of the. Uh, hmm. The, that I mean, the, the if if someone had to rely on computer uh, assistance for the characters, you would also see that in the backgrounds to a, a certain extent. Because once once you pick up that crutch and you see w- how it can enable you to do certain things, you uh, implement that tool in other areas too. I don't see it at all in any of the backgrounds or any of the buildings or the the, the design of the, the floating city. None of that. So I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to tell you it's not there because if you see it, then it is. But my my eyes don't see that. Yeah. Um, the uh, the great champion is pretty much what we thought it was going to be, and uh, stuff plays out in this issue that. Uh, uh, well, I won't get too specific because David hasn't read it, but it, it, it was another awesome awesome issue. And did you know, David, in the the uh, previews? Where it was originally solicited as Tooth and Claw, uh-huh. now it's called the Autumn Lands, Tooth and Claw. That's why I probably okay. All right, I don't understand why, but whatever. I mean, they must have a reason for that. Um, uh, back pages have some really neat uh, sketching, uh, character design sketches, and and uh, you know for the the fabric and the the costumery that goes on in this book. No, it uh, there's a, a painting. Uh, another double page spread with the narrative like they did in the first issue. Whew, you got to see this this painting. It's amazing. But be that as it may. But the big thing that I want to talk about this week is Crossed. <laughs> oh. Yes. It's atypical. It this is Oh, you mean far... Cross plus 100. Yes. Yeah, but the I was, Alan Moore joint. It, yeah, this is written by Alan Moore and uh illustrated by Gabriel Andrade and it is it, it, even if you're familiar with Crossed, this issue is n- nothing like you've you've read before. It's it's amazing the the that one uber talented writer can come in and take a, a really solid concept that, admittedly, I mean I I do love the series. Admittedly, has almost reached that played out limit. Like when Garth Ennis comes on, it gets a little. Bit of, it's invigorated a little bit and they can get maybe 20, 30 more issues out of it. But the interim issues, some of them hit and some of them miss. And I, I think because the, the concept, it needs, it needs a, a new breath of life. And I think that's what crossed plus 100 is. Um, so this is a hundred years after the initial crossed outbreak. Okay. And number one. No, listen, this is that, that's the intriguing part of it. Number one, there are still pockets of crossed running around. And two, there are young crossed, which leads you to believe what? That they have babies. Right. If it's a hundred years and you still have crossed running around, something's up. Mm -hmm. Because, 
um, the the whole modus operandi of the cross is to kill, rape, destroy. It's chaos. And if the cross don't have victims on which to pray, they turn on themselves because they're bored. They they need they need to 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 silence that that red scream with something. They they mayhem is their business, right? Uh, it's just pure unadulterated animal instinct. And if there's nothing to attack, they turn on themselves. So a hundred years after the first outbreak, and they're still cross running around something's up have they learned they've obviously learned to reproduce um the uh the survivors the 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 goal of the survivors in the badlands uh stories is is one thing uh to stay alive that's it every second of every part of your day is spent trying to stay alive where across 100 the the status quo has changed the, the 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 protagonist of this series is called her name is Future Taylor. She's an archivist. She's she's looking for books, uh, videos, um, audio recordings, anything that could give some kind of insight into the world that they left behind, that that's been destroyed because of this this outbreak. Um, they they're seeking out libraries. Uh, storehouses of information just just for some kind of inkling or, or insight into what the hell went wrong that is not a pursuit that anybody in badlands has time for so it's very it's it's almost low-key mm-hmm. i mean this is this is a very sedate uh methodical they the uh so it's like the, the enlightenment after the middle ages after the dark ages Kind of, but the place is a mess. Earth is still a oh, mess. Oh, right, as it was with them, because you were coming yeah. out of the Dark Ages, but okay. Alright, so if, if your, your, your planet is thrown into chaos, what is one of the first things to go? Industry, right? Nobody's around to do the work. So, it stands to reason that gasoline would go away. Um, any, any, production would stop. Any, any kind of, of repository of the stuff would eventually, in a hundred years, evaporate so how do you get around well this is really cool they've retrofitted a steam engine they put tank treads on it and that pushes around an rv all tricked out in kind of mad max style um accoutrements like there's a there's a um a a plow type thing on the front to barrel through the cross there's a, a crow's nest in it uh, on top of it, so to get a good vantage point of what's coming, like they've thought of everything. This group, but the the so now instead of seeking food, which they do, but one of the things they seek the most is coal to keep this engine moving. It's it's totally removed from from what you've experienced in the cross world so far, and um, so they're they're looking for information. And one of the things that that I thought was really brilliant, uh, they find this library, and they're looking through books. And, uh, they find a book on Islamic studies. Hmm. And, and the one guy says, you know, you, the, those beanie wearing guys you're friends with, uh, over here would probably trade really big for this book. Like they're bartering information for, for food, for whatever, for food, for, you know, uh, favors, for weaponry, ammunition. They're, they're using information as currency. That's amazing. In, in a, in a post-apocalyptic world, uh, where the goal is not to stay alive because the threats have, are minimized, so we think. There, there are pockets of cross, but 
they're not as confrontational as the ones we know. Right. Like in, in this book, a pack of crossed run past the uninfected, see them and don't stop and start like, huh. you know, humping their legs. They just keep going. Why? Because they're being pursued by a pack of wolves. Like the wo- wo- alpha predators have changed. And this is not a pack of just your, a typical pack consisting of maybe like five, ten wolves. This is like major number of wolves. And, um, they're, they're running all over the place just because they're, they're close to the top of the food chain now. It's, it's crazy. Um, not only is more content to spin the, the status quo of the series he's, he's working on, he reinvents the human language. It's insane. Um, words have changed meaning in a hundred years. As they would. Sure. Yeah. Um, like if you wanted to say cool or awesome, you'd say movie. That, that, that's, that's the word. Like the one character says, oh, movie. Like meaning this is cool. Um, shit is now brown. They don't say <laughs> shit. They say brown. Um, one of the things that I giggled out loud, um, Christianity is called crunk. Nice. Get crunked up. <laughs> Yeah, the, one of the, one of the characters dies, and they fashion a, a makeshift cross for the gravesite. And in, they say they call it, they call you you got you got to stick the crunk in. Awesome! <laughs> so it's like oh man, um, I'm loving this book to be, already. To, to be afraid is uh, your Caspered. Nice. Like, oh, yeah. Um, but the word see the word fuck has taken on a completely new meaning. It's not. Um, it doesn't have connotations of intercourse. Or, um, it's, the, uh, it's actually in one, one, uh, section, there's a, a very young girl with the group, um, and, uh, her name's Cautious. And, and Future Taylor says to her, uh, Cautious, I'm going with Keller and Forward is going with Robbie and Ho-Ho. Uh, you tight with the bus? And, uh, Cautious says, I'm fuck tight, Archivist Taylor. And no, and, and then, no, listen, listen. And in the next panel, uh, Future says, Cautious is so polite. <laughs> like she just said fuck and she's polite, you know. So so everything is transformed. It's a really really great series, but seriously, what do you expect with Alan Moore? He's he's gonna take something to the next level. He always does. Um but I'm expecting it to go horribly wrong very soon. What I mean, it, it, how much mileage can you get out of little pockets of crossed and, and, you know, survivors just seeking out information. That's going to get not boring in the hands of Alan Moore, but that's going to get repetitious pretty soon. So I'm expecting major things to go down. The, the art by Gabriel Andrade. Oh, it's amazing. It's so detailed. And the, the, the amount of information per panel is just crazy. It's, uh, he's akin to George Perez. Okay. Where he's not just, happy, you know, giving you every bit of visual information on the characters, he takes that to the backgrounds too. So it's it's a very intense presentation. The, the, it, it's very line heavy. It's a, it's amazing, amazing stuff. Your Your description of this book is both engaging, but also exactly what I was hoping to hear because I, I pre-ordered all the Cross Plus 100, mainly because it's Alan Moore writing something and I figured it was it was out of his comfort zone enough that he must be excited about doing it. But as you know, I'm I'm not well versed at all in the actual cross the world. So 
I was hoping this would be decidedly different than the main cross stuff, and sounds like it is. So, oh, it's, it's so. very very different. I, I sold my boo on it too, uh, Crucy. I, I I got him to buy it. Who? Zach. His other boo. Who's that? Who's that? My 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 boo. No, I'm kidding. That's cool. Uh, but no, modesty. It's, is, it's the crunk uh, that did him in, isn't it? Mm. The crunk. <laughs> that was his favorite part too. The crunk. Uh, modesty's gone. They they bathe together. The, the, there's one section where the the group's going out. One of them encounters the cross, and they take care of it. Um, and when they come back, they burn like they they strip, and they they all bathe together. And there there doesn't seem to be any kind of modesty at all. Which in in this situation, I guess you wouldn't there wouldn't be a need for it, right? No, it wouldn't there uh, be a need for it. I think it would be detrimental because you wouldn't want to be alone. Right. Well, I mean, the the. the the threats are not as amplified. I mean, in right, Badlands. But, but think about that. But if it's been a hundred years and they've they've had to live through three or four generations of of from wherever Cross was to now, from a cultural perspective, you would you would have embedded in you certain behavioral characteristics that I would think you could logically say would include not not value value putting very little value in being alone because you, there's strength, there's safety in numbers and keeping an eye out and stuff. I think the same right. thing would happen in a, in the zombie world. And if, you know, if there was a walking dead year 100, that, that I think that that would be something you would expect of them too, that there would be safety in numbers. Yeah. And for some of the ca- characters in this group, this is the first time they've ever seen the cross, which, which baffles me. Um, uh, in fact, more language play more, uh, uses the word sex as fuck. Cool. Uh, one of the characters is this real annoying uh, kid named Forward, and one of the characters says, "Yeah, I was I was thinking of sexing him, but nah, maybe not." And then Future Taylor says, uh, "I might never sex anybody ever again." Mm. And so that's how that word is used. But it's 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 a complete package. The, there's there's a mystery in here. They find a picture. Um, what that's about, we've only begun to to figure that out. Uh, it it's just. Alan Moore sitting down and taking this cross concept to um, its its logical conclusion based on the the time span between this and and the the origin series. He's he seems to have everything planned out. Like sat down and said, "Well, this would ha- industry would go this way. Uh, the the disease would modify and go this way, and and this would happen because it would be this, you know such a span of time." Where, I mean, it just, he's got the bases covered. You could tell. It just feels right. Yeah, you're going to love it. Can't wait. You will. It's nice to see he's he's on his game. I was, he's always on his game, but I, I mean, I wasn't surprised. Mm -hmm. Uh, and the, as far as bang for your buck, it will take you at least a half an hour to read the issue. It's very dialogue heavy. Awesome. Again, atypical for Crossed. But bang for your buck, though. Yep. Yep. Great, great stuff. And in fact, um, full disclosure, I stopped buying the Badlands series. Oh. It's just too much of the same thing. E- even, even with, um, uh, uh, David Lapham, who, who usually turns in the best stories, there, it just seems more of the same to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I, I think it was almost visionary of, uh, Avatar to go this route with Cross because I, I'm guessing they seem to, to, Feel that the the main series was getting played out, and you know we got to do something keep this franchise alive, and I think this is going to do it. So, yep, nice, cool. 
David's going to apply it in shape. Because I'm, I, I'm a little surprised I might actually read a fucking cross, a sexing cross. I know, right? Exactly. Yeah, no kidding. You're real sex to me now, David. Oh, right? (laughs) (sighs) I want to get all fucking reading with that. The, uh. So polite. Right? (laughs) As usual. Totes. Then there's none of that, thankfully. (laughs) None none of that. For real. Oh, man. Uh, let's see, what else do I, um, I finally read, uh, the physical copy of The Valiant Number One. Uh huh. I don't think you can understate the, the magnitude of the art in that book. It's incredible. I, I'm still looking at pages from that thing thinking, holy shit, I don't remember Paulo Rivera. I mean, I knew he was good. And, and the things I'd have from him, I, I compared and, and they're, they're, they're very good. But this, this fucking Valiant Number One, it, it, I, I, it boggles my mind how it simultaneously looks vintage and contemporary at the same time. He leveled up. What is it though? What is it about the book that that's so compelling? It looks like a Bronze Age book, right? But it reads like a, a contemporary book, right? I, I I can't put my finger on it. And and to say it looks like a Bronze Age book, that's pretty much the highest compliment I can ever pay that to it. That is true. So uh, stunning, stunning work. What, what else you got? Uh, well, since I hinted at it in the, uh, during the roll call, I, I did read Aliens, Fire and Stone. I read the four issues of that in one chunk. And then I went and revisited Prometheus, Fire and Stone because I read that first. Uh, I'm still waiting for Predator and Alien versus Predator, Fire and Stone minis to finish. But, um, reading Reading Aliens, um, the only, uh, I'll agree with you, the only sore spot with me on that would be the art. It, it's not, it's not bad. No. I just don't think it's fitting for an Aliens book. And, and to make it worse, uh, it's in no way, uh, the, it does not compare favorably to the art in the other three miniseries either. Yeah, even, yeah, cause, you know, Olivetti has a certain style and, and you may not expect that in, in Punisher or Cable, but I think in an aliens book, it, it works. And no, for, for a licensed property. Yeah. It works perfectly. Yeah. Uh, Prometheus is still hands down the best looking of the bunch. I do like the, uh, I do like predator because Mooneyham, like you said, you know, that, that, that Bushima Jansen mesh, but, uh, so, so good. Aliens kind of, it, it kind of had a Brian Hitch vibe, which, and not, and I'm, I'm not the fan of Brian Hitch. I was way back when. So it's, that's not, if you like Hitch, you'll like the way this looks. It, it kind of detracted a bit for me, especially when it was like they wanted to have, uh, the terraformer really look like someone. And, and it, it's like he had a model and he just used him throughout. It, it was, he was, mm. he was jarring. It just, it, it, because he had the most, uh, there was, there was more attention to detail on his head than there was on anybody else's. The, the thing for me with that, the art in the aliens was that, and I know how hypocritical this is going to sound based on, the first alien movie and the the franchise as a whole it left way too much to the imagination of the reader like the, it it was too uh the shadows were too thick the, the there wasn't 
enough detail, I think, in, in a lot of the, the pages. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with that. And, and because we were in his head, we were just, it was his story. It, it just, it, it everything happened kind of quickly at first, first couple issues. Um, there's, yeah, no, you're, you're right. I, um, there, there were questions and, and the questions still haven't been answered. I mean, as far as, you know, the, the aliens not, uh, going near the cave or, or, uh, there's just. Yeah, Reynolds is good, but I, I just think the, a little bit more time invested in, in, in fleshing out some of the forms of the aliens or like the, the one, the one panel where the, the black goo does its thing and that, that one alien melds with the guy. Yeah. Like I, I would have liked to see a little bit more detail in that. Yes. Like, like show me more. Yeah. Just, you know, I, in fact, I had to revisit that sequence more than once because I didn't know that when they hit the bottom of the lake, there was black goo there. It just looked like the bottom of the lake. Uh, okay. You know, you know what I mean? Just like when you hit, uh, the, 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 Endpoint of anything that's immersed in water, you're going to have that stuff floating around. It didn't look like black goo to me, so I I, I was a little confused, like what happened here. But yeah, I, mean, I, I like Reynolds's art. I just think that uh, on the totem pole of the the styles uh, that were presented in this whole event, he, he was on the bottom. I hope that doesn't sound like a dig. No, because it's everybody. I think everybody did a really good job. Um, someone's going to be. The someone's going to be in fourth place with that, and and it doesn't right. that doesn't mean that it's it's horrible. It, it's just it you like the other three more, and uh, yeah. uh, it, it's it's kind of hard to to top Juan Ferreira. Yeah, that's that's a gorgeous book. And and just tell me the truth: does the Prometheus Fire and Stone not make the movie better? It does, and it and yes. and, and Fire and Stone. It's the, uh, because when you read Aliens, you, you get, uh, it's all about Hadley's hope and, and, and crashing on this planet. Well, lo and behold, the, the rover, uh, which is basically, uh, Russell's Wilson from Castaway. He, um, it's, it's from Prometheus, the movie. And like Vince said a couple weeks ago, and, and after I read, Aliens, and I went back and, and checked out Prometheus again. Things just started clicking. Things that were were kind of easy to grasp were a little vague, but but you still got the gist of it. It just blew the doors wide open, and and I everything made more sense. Hell yeah, uh, yeah. And I I don't know if that's a problem with Ridley Scott's presentation. It, it, it may very well be. You know, I mean, if 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 things in the movie didn't click. Uh, multiple viewings and it took, you know, a comic book series to make sense of it. I would have to lean towards maybe Ridley Scott didn't present it in the best well, way I'm, possible. I'm still hoping that we're going to get like some, some director's cut where it's an extended version and, and things make sense. But the, uh, so I finished Prometheus and, and there's, there's a time difference between aliens and Prometheus. Mm-hmm. Whereas with, Predator and Alien versus Predator, uh, they take place at the same time, immediately following Prometheus. Um, the whole event, and like you said, after the fourth issue from both of those minis, there's a one shot afterwards, but I, um, I definitely recommend this, the whole shebang here. It's, it's a, um, 
it I don't know how many people are checking it out. I don't I don't want to use the the term underrated with this. I I don't know who else has um has been reading it or talking about it. I I definitely uh would recommend it. If you didn't like the movie, I'd say read these. If if you like the movie, definitely read these. The uh just the whole I, I'm glad that uh you got four issues of the story. And and each you get to the end of Aliens and and that could be that there's an ending there. It it's Yeah, it, it could have stopped, so, right. You know, you and then they come out with the next Aliens book whatever. Um I don't think you could read the current two minis uh without reading Prometheus you probably could, but it's um it's the way it's all woven and and tied together and and uh just the way you, you read a Force Your miniseries and usually that's it. That's the end of those characters and, and you move on to read something else. But here you, you read, you finish reading Prometheus, the characters still live on in, in another story and to, to follow everybody's, uh, well, the only one who really grows is Eldon, but to, 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 to <laughs> a little, little bit, bit the, uh, <laughs> but to see, to see how they change and the, from that visually looking different and and written by different people uh and they still they still sound the same they, you, there's no there's no loss from when like tobin hands it off to to roberson it, it's just it's or did no did roberson write aliens um let me see i have it right here uh, that, that, uh, you got me at it. I'm sorry. It, it's, no, that's all right. I had it up and while well, I was talking to, you, uh, Chris Roberson did write Aliens. Okay. So, uh, Paul Tobin wrote Prometheus. Right. But after Tobin finishes with those characters and the next two minis, uh, are written by other writers, it, they all, there's no, there's no difference. It, they just, the quality is maintained throughout. Yeah, and the thing that, that I was most impressed with, what is at the Chewy Center of every one of these miniseries? Like the Aliens franchise and especially the Prometheus movie. The, the, there's a common thread going through all of them. Genetic modification, genetic, uh, uh, transformation, um, it's, it's, it's the hallmark of the Aliens franchise. It's, it's the, the reason Prometheus exists and now even in, especially in the last two miniseries, the uh, Predator and the Aliens versus Predator, that's the heart of it, genetic modification. And you, to think, the Predator series, which was brilliant to have them the the arch enemies of the aliens, because that the genetic stuff is not a, a product of the 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 Predator series, but he's a they're they're a character in this thing, so you know, guilty by default. But the whole thing is just about the genetic tweaks and what happens when something is introduced into a life form, you know, from somewhere else. And this is what you get. And then it turns into something else and infects another thing. And then you have this, what I'm hoping uh, by the end of this whole shebang, you have another character in the Aliens franchise that, you know, they need, the Aliens franchise needs, like, say, a dark side. Or a Doctor Doom. They need a major player that is consistent and appears, you know, semi-regularly. They, they need a big bad other than the aliens, the xenomorphs, right? Or the black ooze. And I think that's what we're going to get out of this. 
think, think we're gonna we're gonna get a character that 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 has some kind of uh you know staying power in in, in the the universe. And it's a product of both. It's a product of the Aliens franchise and Prometheus. So there you go. It's crazy. I think these miniseries are great. I do, I'm right there with you. Yeah, very surprising. But one of the things that bothers me, just a little bit, I mean, not so much because I bought the single issues, but for people willing to check this out, it seems like Dark Horse is releasing these uh the arcs in uh single editions. Like the Aliens Fire and Stone is one book. Oh no, no. Yeah, no, that's no, not no. that's not the way to do it. I know, I know, I know. But they probably want to return on their investment. I don't know how this works. No, somewhere down the line I'm 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 positive you're gonna see a Fire and Stone like omnibus with everything in it, but for right now, they're single volumes. And that's a little bit distressing to me. And me. Yeah. Jason, you're still there, buddy? I am, yeah. I, uh, as you know, I own all these issues, but I haven't read them, so I'm just listening uh, intently. You? Yeah, you're going to love them. We didn't spoil anything. No, no, no. You guys did a good job. I don't know nothing was spoiled. Lots of twists and turns. Um, and, and you can get all these books where? DCBService.com. Discount Comic Book Service. DCBService.com, where you... All I have to do for the promo for this is say, you're going to be able to get the Secret Wars Battle World box set for 50% off. Yeah. If you don't have people flocking to DCBS because of that, I don't know. I, I got nothing. $250 for something that's going to take you probably six months to read. Yes, sir. It is an amazing value. DCBService.com. In your travels... I got the latest, vo- well, I don't know if it's the latest, but it's the latest one that was delivered to me, uh, volume in the chilling archives of the horror comics that's uh, lovingly presented by Craig Yo. Uh, What's this up, one, yo? <laughs> this one is called The Worst of Eerie Publications. Mm-hmm. And, uh, for what? those of you who don't, those, those of you who don't know what Eerie Publications are, uh, it was Myron Fass. Crazy gun-toting Myron Fass's idea of competing with Jim Warren's uh, money-making, uh, creepy and eerie, and uh, Fass saw all the the green Warren was pulling in with his horror books, and he said, "Hey, we could do this. We're sitting on a huge archive of Golden Age pre-code horror uh, stories. We can, you know, tweak them a little bit and uh, shove them down the kids' throats." And that's exactly what they did. They took all these old stories. Um, and the, the editor, uh, in chief of the line was Carl Burgos. And what do we know Carl Burgos from? Where do we know him from? You do know him. Carl Burgos is the creator of the original Human Torch. Yes, he is. Yes, you're right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Myron Fast brought in Carl Burgos and said, let, let's work some magic with these things. And they went into the old, uh, Golden Age stories and they redrew a lot of them, uh, inserting far more gore than was originally present. They made them sexier. And they printed them extremely cheaply on crap paper. And uh he Myron made some money. But uh the the thing about the um the Erie publications that that really spun people's heads around were the covers. The the covers are among some of the most gruesome you will ever see uh from this period and uh mainly because of Bill Alexander. Uh, you had monsters dismembering each other while sticking, uh, half-naked women in meat grinders, mm. uh, the, the, the product of which was, you know, 
coming out the other end. There was uh, viscera, guts, blood laying around all over the place. Uh, every woman depicted on a on a eerie publication cover displayed ample cleavage. Were probably beaten. And you know what I mean? It, it, the, the covers are amazing. You gotta see them. Just Google Bill Alexander and, and you'll see some of these things. That's what originally attracted me to these books as a kid. And they re- remain some of like the most fondly remembered covers in my entire collection. I, I love these books. But, uh, so IDW put out another collection of this stuff. And I'll tell you, it, this is amazing stuff. V- value for your dollar. It's a oversized hardcover. Color and black, well the stories aren't in color, but the cover reproductions are. Real thick, maybe 160 pages for $27.99 cover price. You can get it for a lot cheaper than that. It has a spot varnish, uh, cover, back cover, inside pages. It's amazing. Chick Stone artwork is in here, uh, Bill Ayers. Um, and if you ever asked yourself why you haven't read a story about a bloodthirsty amorous ambulatory cactus well just go to this volume because there's a story in here about a cactus that kills and you can't make this stuff up it's it's a it's a cactus that kills Mm -hmm. (laughs) you gotta read it it's just great stuff the the worst of eerie publications go get it i have all these volumes and i have never been let down yet there were many a killer cactus in final fantasy well, yeah, but this is, this is, this is a horny cactus. A, a husband and wife are, you know, driving through the desert and they stop and the, the woman says, Oh, look at that cactus. I'm going to get a clipping. And she takes it and brings it home, puts it in the backyard. And the husband fucking hates it. He can't stand it. Every, he, every time he like cuts the grass or does yard work, he, he glares at the cactus. And one day he decides, I'm going to cut this bitch down. Mm-hmm. And, and the story progresses and the cactus loves the woman and is jealous. <laughs> It's nuts. Ah, <sighs> damn. Beat him a heart. <laughs> Say to husband, you mad, bro? So we have, in your travels, Eternal Warrior Days of Steel. Ooh, yes. Gives the value a little bit more love. Uh, third issue, I finally read it. Uh, picks up immediately after the second issue, where um, our, uh, our hero is uh, trying to figure out if he made the right choice in uh sparing um the twin or the yeah the the son who was going to be the savior uh so galad is is doubting himself and uh looking for reasons to not fix his mistake and uh there's a um there's some more head lopping and and jaw ripping and uh mm. galad trains um falk to uh to be a fighter to be a leader kind of sort of tries to we still get some more with the uh with with uh conrad and bretta um and offering carrot stew carrot pie carrot they have a lot of carrots they're they're just picking up carrots by the bog so um we i i like this because Instead of um, interrupting the regular Eternal Warrior book, we 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 get some flashback to an earlier day uh, of the Eternal Warrior. And yeah, if you want to read it, great. 
uh, it, with Eternal Warrior, or or even if they decided to do an Armstrong flashback book, um, you don't, you kind of know, Galad is never in trouble. It, it's it's mm-hmm. never going to be. He, he's not meeting his end in any of these stories because uh, he's he is who he is, and and that's that's not going to change. So you're you're reading Eternal Warrior stories from way back when to see how his environment made him who he is or, or who he influenced. And, and, uh, that is what I get out of it. And, and there's a, um, I, Galad is like the man thing of the valiant universe. It's not so much about him. It's about the events and the people around yes, him. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he has his mission and, and he, he's still, you know, following whatever the genome answer tells him to do. Uh, but Falk kind of chickens out a bit, decides to just be a minstrel and, uh, sings a song, which if you're caught singing, you, um, you could get, uh, you, it, singing this particular song is punishable by death, uh, or worse, but the, um, like drawing a cartoon. Yes. Yes, it is. And that's, that's, <laughs> I'm not. Not right now. The, uh, but, like, like I said, Galat has some doubts and, and whether or not what he did was right, um, decides to kind of just ignore the geomancer for a while. He hooks up with a chick, uh, they're hanging out for a while, but it's, uh, it's been a long time and the song is still being sung. And we have the, uh, the Ottomans show up, um, and take care of the Magyars. The uh there's much much death, but when it ends, the Geomancer shows up, tells Galati has another task for him, and, and that's the uh that's the end of the issue. So it it was basically, you know, whether or not Galad saved the right child and uh if this child was actually going to do what he was destined to do. And uh Galad trying to live with his choice, uh, fix it, or uh, just see what happens. And it it was it was quite an interesting read. I, I uh, it did this kind of reminded me a lot of the the old Valiant stuff, the original Rock Valiant stuff, than uh, than some of the more recent Eternal Warriors stories. Hell yeah! Yep. I um, what's that? No, it's uh, Jason's going to bring some popcorn. <laughs> yeah, that would be typing. Um, Far and away, my favorite Valiant character. Yes, he really? is. Yes, that's Love. definitely out of consensus. I would say, right? Could be, could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, um, okay. Bloodshot would be number no. two. Yes. No, I can't. I can't co-sign with that. No. Dude, what about Archer Armstrong, Quantum and Woody? Come on. I, I love him, but. Uh, Something about Bloodshot. I always, always dug that character. I think they made him even better. Mm. Yes, no, they, I'll, I'll agree with that. I, I definitely like this Bloodshot more than the original. Uh, but he is, I think, well, if, if it was the original Valiant, I would say my number two would be, um, Dr. Mirage, but I don't feel, I don't feel the same way about the current death defying Dr. Mirage, but we'll, we'll see. I'll, I'll, I'll think about who my second is. We'll get there. We'll get there. Um, David, it's funny you mentioned that because, uh, Days of Steel, because issue, uh, three is the next one on my stack. And I was about Eat to read it. that. Yes, cool. I know. 
So in your travels, we briefly mentioned it uh, mid-show, mid but um, continue to give the much-deserved credit and attention to Mr. Remender's Deadly Class, uh, also uh, beautifully illustrated by Wes Craig, who gets better and better each issue. And pretty kick-ass colors, particularly juxtaposed against the 80s setting uh, by Mr. Lee Lowridge. So issue number nine... We see uh, them back at school. We see some some relationships that started off rocky getting solidified because they have a common enemy. We see our boy Marcus getting a little little tang tang. So it's uh, it's, it's pretty sweet. But there's a, a great 1970s Mexican uh, drug lord scene to set the book and, and give a little background about one of the characters. There's a uh, an awesome fight between. Uh, one of the characters dressed as a, in a Dia de los Muertos mask fighting against a, a big behemoth guy. It's it's just great stuff. The action is awesome. And it just was one of those issues where I read it and I thought, damn, it felt like it was a 50-page uh, treasury edition or something. So um got to keep tipping my cap to Rick on, on that particular book because it uh, it's definitely right up there in my opinion in terms of all that Image put out this year. Yeah. Cool. I got to catch up on that too. Yeah, you do. Not I enough feel, hours in the damn day. I feel like there's the, the, the last the, this week is and the last few. There's been a bunch of stuff that we two of us have read, and the other one is just completely behind on. <laughs> like this. Yeah, like, it happens. Hence, yeah. hence the silence. There's like two of us are riffing, and the other one's silent because we haven't read it, and we're months behind. And it's just it's funny That's how okay. that is. Oh, I'm not saying it's good or bad. I'm just saying it's just funny, right? It seems that way. You were totally behind on Avengers and silent. I didn't read the, the the alien stuff yet, and it just it just seems like it goes in, in cycles that way. As long as you have a wingman, you don't have to worry about anything. That's true. Yeah. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for being with us again. Uh, hope you're here next week um, because David needs your companionship because mm-hmm. he loves you so much, right, David? Sh- sure. Yeah. See, right. honesty. You could just tell. Oh, yeah. Celebrating the best of 2014 next week. Yes. For those of you who have forgotten, it's the 11 O'Clockers next week. And uh, we hope you join us for that. It's always a fun episode. Long episode, too. But uh, I hope we're not four hours this time. No. Uh, we were close to that last year. Without the without the user's votes, it'll go faster. Uh, we'll see. Either way, I'm in for the ride, as you will be, too. Thank you, everybody. Uh, we'll see you next week. Peace.